to study his word to come together and just share in the word of the lord and allow god to speak to our hearts and minds worship him and adore him uh, we are just so grateful it, it is just so wonderful to be a part of god's kingdom his body his church and i'm so glad you can join us this evening for our thursday evening bible study we always say midweek bible study but thursday is not quite midweek but you know what we mean when we say midweek bible study but we're glad to be in the house of the lord one more time amen we're going to go right into uh, prayer and get started and um, allow the lord to speak to us tonight and so <laughs> got a lot going on here tonight uh, give me a second um, yes amen and so I got a text message and I wanted to make sure I mentioned this text before we get into prayer so I was looking for uh, that um, text message um, we're going to go before the Lord in prayer tonight and we're going to ask him to help us and we're going to ask that he guide us and lead us and he revealed the mysteries of his scriptures to us and that he will touch us in a mighty way and so um, if you will join us um, in prayer tonight that will be wonderful and you'll just seek the Lord and call his name that will be wonderful brother sharp sent me a message text message and he says um, there's a guy um, his name is Charlie Hemming Charlie Hemmings. So remember that name as you pray tonight. Charlie Hemmings. Um, he, 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 he tunes in and he listens to our, our services. Um, and so he's a part of our community. And so uh, we want you to pray for Charlie Hemmings tonight. Um, he's a diabetic and he's challenged with uh, depression. And so we need to go before the Lord and remember Charlie Hemmings in our prayer tonight um, as well as asking God to just uh, speak to us anoint me and use me and ask God to touch your hearing tonight that the spirit of the Lord will speak to you uh, I, I feel something in the atmosphere um, I remember when Corona started um, when we uh, had to be quarantined and locked down and um, when that happened, we it, it was challenging for many of us because it's not something that we're used to, couldn't go where we normally go, do the things that we normally do. But eventually, we were able to um, adjust, and we adjusted um, and, and, and figured out what our new norm would be. And so we've been living in a period of adjustment, um, something that we've become... Um, comfortable with and quite acquainted with now but I feel like there's something else happening and it's um, obviously there are some states that are opening up um, some that are not quite open up right now but what I what I'm concerned about tonight as we go into prayer and I want you to help us in praying about this is I feel like um, the devil is trying to interrupt the routine that we have set forth during quarantine. And so when we first started, I feel like we had established something in the Lord where we became a little bit more focused. 
a little bit more in tune. We were given more of ourselves into the reading of the word, studying of the word, um, actually sincere in seeking the Lord for his will and his purpose. And I feel like with all the changes that are going on physically in our world, I feel like there's something also going on in the spirit. And I, I feel like uh, we're challenged in a, in a spiritual sense right now to not allow our focus, our attention, our uh, commitment that we have given to the Lord since we've been in quarantine. We don't want that to change, church. We want to stay right where we are and just keep growing and building on where we are and not allow the outside noise, so to speak, and the changes that um, states are making to interrupt or interfere with your flow of what you've established. And so it's quite fitting tonight that we're going to go back into our study um, on the gifts of the Spirit because we really need to take this time out to seek God to see how He will direct us in these days because I don't believe that we can go back to doing how we serve God like we did before Corona. I just believe that we don't have much time left. And in order to move things forward in a way that God want to move them forward, we're going to have to become fully in tune with him uh, in these days and moving forward. So I need you to put your guard up, put your antennas up, your spiritual antennas to say, God, don't let me uh, drift or don't let me uh, cause the flow that I've established to, to be consistent in you. Don't let that become interfered with or don't don't allow me to go to the left or to the right, but help me to stay on the course that you have me on so I can keep growing and building as you see fit. So that's what I want you to pray about tonight. So pray about staying on course. Pray about, um, pray for Charlie Hemmings, that God will touch him. Um, he's suffering from depression and diabetic, and he's a diabetic. And um, continue to pray for our, our church that God will... Uh, allow us to be who we're supposed to be in him. That, that's the best you can ask for from God, is to be who you're supposed to be in him. Because if you are, then you are right smack in his will, and, and you will understand your purpose because you are being who you're supposed to be in Christ. So let's continue to pray about that. Ask God to open some doors, as we know he will, but as children, you know, you ask anyhow. You know, the kids know that you're going to feed them dinner, but they still ask for dinner, right? And so, again, we're not telling him. We're asking him. We know he will open doors, but we're still going to ask, and we want to be ready when he opens doors for us to walk through these doors. So keep those things in mind. Continue to pray for our um, health care professionals. They're on the front line still, and they're going. Um, you know, people like uh, today, The um, who was it? wasn't UPS, but UPS and FedEx. I mean, those people are still humming, you know. Um, and so, you know, we don't think, you know, when we think healthcare professional that they're on the front line in the hospitals and places like that, and that's true. But, we, you know, they're still essential workers, you know, those that work in sanitation, those that are, you know, uh, doing delivery. They're still challenged um, because they're encountering different people all the time, and there's no guarantee that, you know, everyone they encounter is healthy. So let's keep those people in their prayer and pray for our Bible study tonight. Will you join me in prayer tonight? Father, in the name of Jesus, we're so grateful and thankful for this Thursday night. One more time to come before you humbly knowing that you are the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. 
But Lord, because we know who you are, we are bold in our petitions, Lord God. We are bold in how we come before you because we know who you are. We're grateful, Lord Jesus. We're thankful, Almighty God, that you brought us to this point. You have kept us. You've been watching over us. And Lord God, you have, oh God, given to us health and strength, Lord God, while we've experienced challenges, while we we have experienced sickness. And Lord, you've helped us to overcome. You've healed us. You've touched our bodies, Almighty God. Father, we've suffered loss, Lord Jesus, but Lord, you've kept us and you are strengthening us. And Lord, we're continuing to look to you, depending on you for every single thing, Lord God. And oh God, we pray tonight that you will look into our heart. Lord, oh God, we get so frustrated and so, oh God, down on ourselves because we want to so badly please you. But we also see ourselves coming up short at times. We see ourselves, almighty God, not being fully obedient. We see ourselves, almighty God, disobedient at times. But tonight, Lord, we're asking in the name of Jesus Christ that you will forgive us and that you continue to show your mercy towards us, Lord. For without your mercy, where will we be? Without your grace, where will we be? Without your love, where will we be? And tonight, Almighty God, we're just looking to you, looking to the heavens and say, Jesus, we want to be what you want us to be, Lord. Nothing more, nothing less. Just what you want us to be is what we're asking tonight. So we ask, Almighty God, that you will speak to us, that you will, oh God, put impressions in our hearts, Lord God, thoughts in our minds, oh God, direction, Lord God, by the word of the Lord. I pray tonight that the gifts of the Spirit will operate in our lives. Lives, Almighty God, to, to bring about the purpose of God, to bring about us fulfilling the purpose of God. And tonight, Lord, we ask that you will speak to every one of us, that you'll anoint me as your servant to, to speak as your oracle. I pray, Almighty God, that the Holy Spirit will have preeminence and that, Lord, while I'm just a man, while I'm just flesh and blood, while I'm just the soul, oh God, that you created, I pray that the supernatural and divine power of God will begin to flow through me, that the power of God will begin to manifest in a mighty way, in a powerful way, in me, Lord God, and that the people of God tonight that will hear, that will engage, that, Lord, you will allow them to hear, as the Spirit give them revelation, as the Spirit of God give them understanding, as the Spirit of God give them discernment. I pray tonight in the name of Jesus that you'll bless each and every person that is in tune tonight, Lord God, that, Lord Jesus, you will speak to them, Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ, that none of us tonight, Lord, will come away from this Bible study without being impacted by the power from on high, without being impacted by the Word of God, without being impacted by the gifts of the Spirit operating that we can, oh God, identify. Oh my God, have your way tonight, Lord Jesus, rain down from heaven the glory of the Lord, oh God. Will you overshadow us tonight that, Lord, the power of God will be revealed, will be unleashed, will be manifested, Lord. Oh, God, somebody tonight need a touch from you. Will you touch them, Lord God? I pray for Charlie Hemmings, Lord God. Oh, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, that by your strike, Lord God, oh, God, he will be healed from diabetes, Lord. That by your strike, Lord God, by the power of God, Lord Jesus, that you will overshadow his body, Lord. Eradicate, Lord God, 
diabetes, every sickness, every ailment, uh, and every disease that is in his body, any virus uh, that is in his body, will you eradicate it, Lord? Uh, and will you make him whole, Father, in the name uh, of Jesus Christ? Will you make him whole uh, in the name of Jesus Christ? I pray, Lord God, uh, that the power of God will overcome him, uh, and that, Lord, you will give him a sound mind, uh, and that depression, Lord God, uh, you will set him free from depression. Uh, even as we pray, Lord God, even as we call on your name, Lord God, that, Lord Jesus, there will be no more depression, that you will set him free from depression, and that you will eradicate diabetes from his body, Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray by the authority of the word of God and by the power of the name of Jesus. We're asking that it be so, Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ. Tonight, Lord God, I pray for all those that are on the front line, Lord God, that's trying to help, Lord God, that's trying to be a blessing, that's trying to work, Lord God, and help others. I pray for them that you will keep them, that you will uphold them, Lord God, that, Lord Jesus, you will protect them from danger, from harm, and from sickness and diseases, Lord God. Keep them, Lord God. Keep our healthcare professionals. Keep our essential workers, Lord God. Protect them from all danger. Protect them from ailments and sickness and disease. Every day they go, Lord God, from their home. Will you cover them, Lord, as they are in the field and bring them back home safely, Lord God, that they're able to come home in good health and strength, Lord God. I pray and I ask tonight in the name of Jesus that your will be done, that your kingdom come in the name of Jesus Christ as your will, O great God, as your will, O great King. We praise you and honor you, Lord God. Will you speak to us as you please tonight? Will you give us understanding and revelation of your word tonight, Lord God? We want to be changed. We want to be transformed. We want to be drawn closer to you, Lord God. And oh my God, I pray that you will help us to hunker down, Lord God, and become even more focused on you, to become even more attentive to you, to develop good spiritual disciplines, Lord. In the name of Jesus, will you help us, oh God? We want to be saved. We want to have a right relationship with you, but we also want to be your conduit, where, Lord, we can touch, oh God, our neighbors, our friends, our co-workers, our neighbors, oh God, those that you will allow us to encounter. I pray that you will use us as your conduit tonight, Lord. Pour out of your Spirit upon us, Lord, that right where we are, Lord, there will be a move of your Spirit upon every one of us. There will be a move of your Spirit in every home tonight, Lord God. I pray in the name of Jesus. Jesus Christ, help us and hear our cry. For we need you, oh God, we need you. Oh God, we praise and honor you. We ask that you will grant us as we have prayed your will. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Can somebody clap their hands and thank the Lord tonight. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Glory be to God, glory be to God, glory be to God. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Oh, God, we give you honor and praise. Amen. We're going to go back into our lesson that we've been going over for the past three weeks, I believe. So we've been going through our lesson. We've been teaching on the series the spiritual gifts in the church 
the spiritual gifts in the church. Week one, we talked about the church, which makes sense, right? Mm -hmm. We've talked about the church. Who is the church? What is the church? Who owns the church? And so we talked about that week one. Week two, we've talked about um, gifts are different from rewards. Rewards you earn. Gifts is just something that's given without you earning it, which means that we have individuals that are Christians, sincere Christians, but they're immature, but they have been given gifts from God. And so because you see someone operating in the gifts of God, it doesn't mean they're mature. It doesn't mean they know all the word of God. It just means God gave them a gift and they are doing their best to operate in that gift, but they have a long way to go in their growth and spiritual maturity. So that's what we talked about the second week. Last week we talked about um, the, the, the three. We, 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 what we did was we put the gifts in groups of three. And so we put them in groups of three. And so last week the three gifts we talked about was the vocal gifts. The vocal gifts. And so this week we're going to talk about the revelation gifts. We're going to talk about the revelation gifts this week. And so these gifts of the Spirit help believers function as members of the body of Christ. And so it, it, it involves the Holy Ghost revealing um, the unknown to us. And so that's what the revelation gifts are. It's the Holy Ghost revealing uh, information to us that was before time unknown. And so we're going to pick up in our scripture that we've been reading, um, 1 Corinthians 12 and 7. And so we'll read that again. We, we, we may be able to repeat that um, verbatimly without looking um, once this is all over. But look at verse 7. We're going to read from 7 through 10. The word of the Lord says, But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another the gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another divers kind of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. And so that's the text that we've been drawing from to teach about the gifts of the Spirit that operates in the church. Remember, we grouped the nine spiritual gifts into groups of three to better recall and understand them. So we, we, we grouped them together. So we had three, three, and three because we wanted you to be able to uh, recall them a lot much easier and understand them better. That's why we said let's group them together. So last week we talked about the vocal gifts. So we, we went over those a little bit. So the vocal gifts that we talked about last week, those vocal gifts are diverse kind of tongues, right? Uh, interpretation of tongues and prophecy. So those were the vocal gifts. All of those are gifts that you have to utter. You have to speak. And so we call those the vocal gifts and the gifts that we will deal with tonight they're also speaking gifts but you have to get them by revelation and so we'll get into that so this evening we'll talk about the word of wisdom the word of knowledge and discerning of spirits those are the three gifts we will talk about tonight we'll talk about the word of wisdom the word of knowledge and discerning of spirits 
I want to talk, tell you about, a, uh, we have a couple of stories tonight that we will share with you. And the stories were told by our general superintendent, our general superintendent of the United Pentecostal Church International, David K. Bernard. And so let me share this first story with you that he told. He said uh, in Korea, uh, while in Korea, as you know, some of you that know about our general superintendent know he was raised in Korea as a missionary kid. And so his mom and dad, they went to Korea as missionaries and they started a church and even a Bible school there. And so they were there ministering. And so they were in Korea for a good amount of time. And so in Korea, he said, my mother and two other ministers were walking to a remote coastal village to pray for a pastor who was seriously ill. My father had to attend an important meeting with the Ministry of Cultural Affairs and Education, which had jurisdiction over the missionary work. So the ministers and his mom took a shortcut through the rice paddies, a path unknown to his mother. Soon now began, um, soon as they began through the rice paddies, snow began to fall heavily until visibility was almost zero. Mm -hmm. The travelers began falling into the irrigation ditches along the sides on the path. What should have been a five, a 45 minute uh, walk turned into a two hour walk with no end in sight. They became completely lost. It was snowing so hard, snowing sideways, coming down hard. They became completely lost. Brother Bernard's mother began to pray earnestly. And the Lord impressed her to go in the total opposite direction they were walking. Her companion strongly objected, saying that path would lead to the Yellow Sea, which would be dangerous. His mother insisted that God had spoken to her and she would go that direction. Reluctantly, the other, the other followers followed her. After another hour of walking they spotted the lights of the village they sought their hands were so numb that they could not knock on the door but they had arrived safely by a word of knowledge completely lost don't know which way to go and as the woman of God began to pray God spoke to her and said go in the opposite direction isn't that Amazing that you think you're going in the right direction and all of a sudden the word of the Lord come unto you and say you got to go in the opposite direction when you thought I'm going in the right direction. And I believe there's a lot to take away from how God spoke to them and helped them to get in the right direction and get to their destination safely. And I've been saying that as, as, as humans, if we will listen to God and kind of just ignore ourselves 98% of the time, we'll be, in, we'll, we'll be all right. Uh, because most of the times, we're wrong. Because we judge everything from a carnal standpoint. We judge everything from our intellect. And most of what we're getting in our mind, our understanding, is what we have been familiar with all our lives. And it's not until we become familiar with God, the voice of God, the Word of God, will we really understand uh, that if the things that will come to our mind that will be impressed in our heart will be of God. Mm -hmm. This true account illustrates 
the point that a word of knowledge can be given by God directly to an individual to help that person. In other cases, other gifted person may be used of God to deliver a word of knowledge, a word of wisdom, or some other spiritual gift to an individual or a congregation. Another account shared by David Bernard shows this as well. So here's Brother Bernard again. A woman in our church in Austin, Austin, Texas that is, suffered from chronic depression, which undermined her faith in God. Through a long process, we were able to convince her that God loved her and that he could be and that she could be filled with the gift of the Holy Spirit. After a year had gone by, because after talking to her, convincing her, the Holy Spirit had moved on her. She was filled with the Holy Spirit, but she doubted. And so time had went by. She was supposed to be filled with the Holy Spirit. She was, but she just operated like she did not have the Holy Spirit. And so she just kept on living the way she wanted to live. Later, however... Um, as she reverted back to her depressed state and doubted that God had ever filled her with the Holy Ghost, she doubted she ever felt God's presence. And so she just went reverted back to her old ways. And so depression is no joke. That's why we're praying for Mr. Hemmings and that God will touch him in a special way. And I hope he's um, listening tonight, uh, Mr. Hemmings, that you understand that depression will try to undermine the word of God in your life. Depression will try to undermine the power of God in your life. But not until you respond to what God does. You have to respond to what God is saying to you. Not until you do that will you realize, you know what? I'm over this thing. I, I've been I've been delivered by God. And not until you just decide to respond, to act on what the Word of God is saying to you, that depression will still hold on to you and make you believe that you are depressed and make you believe that you're still sick. But I'm here to tell you tonight, if you will hear the Word of God and respond to the Word of God, that depression you will realize is not even anywhere close to you. Sometimes it's just the mindset. I talked about that just getting ready to pray about, you know, that 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 things will cause us to to develop some some kind of you know behavior certain behavior and 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 it become you know embedded in us and 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 we live our lives a certain way but it doesn't mean we have to live our lives that way right. if we will call on Jesus if we will trust him we we will see that we don't have to live our lives being depressed, live our lives feeling like we're being held back, live our lives feeling like something else has control over us. If we will just call on the name of the Lord and respond in obedience and faith to his word, we will see that changes will take place. We will find ourselves coming out of situations that we didn't think we could come out of, but we got to hear the word of God and respond to the word of God by faith and obedience, and we will see some powerful things happen in our life. So this lady was filled with the Holy Ghost. This lady was overshadowed by the presence of the Lord, but she reverted back to her old ways. Mm -hmm. She even stopped attending church. She decided, I'm not going to church anymore. But Brother Bernard convinced her to come back to church and told her that there were some special services going on and that she should come to the last night of the special services. During 
the, the service, the evangelist called upon her. Listen to this. The evangelist who was preaching that night called upon her, stated that she was troubled by a spirit of depression. Oh, help us, Lord. She was troubled by a spirit of depression. Oh, help us, Holy Ghost. Huh? I, I, I hope Mr. Hammonds is hearing this tonight. It's not a coincidence that uh, Brother Sharp texted me and told me about him. And now here we talk about depression tonight, part of our lesson as we move through it. And so the evangelist told her she was troubled by a spirit of depression. And he prayed for her deliverance. He prayed God deliver her. Just like we pray tonight, God deliver Mr. Hemmings from depression. Because it's a spirit of depression. It's not, it's not something that infect the body like a, a virus or an ailment. It's a, it's a spirit that try to hold you bound. And so, oh my God, I pray that you will set Mr. Hemmings free from depression. That he will know and that he will obey and come right out of depression. And so the evangelist prayed that she will be delivered from depression. She claimed the victory that night and in totality or totally, uh, in, in total uncharacteristic way, she began to run up and down the aisle of the church, praising God ecstatically. Since that time, she has been faithful in attendance, joyful in worship, and determined to keep her victory. Amen. When God does something, you can't let the devil come in and undermine it. The devil will always come to undermine. We cannot stay on top of the mountaintop always. Somebody say amen. amen. And so when God comes in and he does a great work for us, and he moves in a special way for us, oh, we're at the mountaintop. But there's going to be days when we go down in the valley because that's just life. It didn't mean that God didn't do what he did when we were at the mountaintop. It just means we got to go through valleys and we got to go to the mountaintop. Then we got to go through valleys. But God is still God and what God has done is still relevant. Somebody say amen. Amen. The three spiritual gifts we're talking about this evening are referred to as, I mentioned earlier, the revelation gifts. The word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, and discerning of spirits. So let's look at what the Bible is trying to get us to understand when we talk about the gift of word of wisdom. That's the one we're going to deal with first tonight. The gift of of word of wisdom. The gift of the word of wisdom provides divine direction for a person or a group. I'll say that again. The gift of the word of wisdom provides divine direction for a person or a group. Just like we, we, we uh, heard the story earlier about Brother Bernard's mother and the ministers that, that was just lost because of the snowstorm. And God spoke to her and gave her direction for the group. It was three of them. God spoke to her and told her, go in the opposite direction. That was a word of knowledge. But now we're talking about a word of wisdom. But it's the same kind of deal. It's God revealing the unknown. Amen? Amen? This is not the gift of wisdom, but the word of wisdom. This suggests it is but a small amount of God's wisdom that he shares with us for some specific purpose. Mm -hmm. When might a word of wisdom be helpful? When might a word of wisdom be helpful? The Bible does not speak of the gift 
of wisdom, any believer may pursue wisdom and gain this valuable quality. A believer may also pray and ask God for wisdom. James chapter 1 verse 5 says, If any man or if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that give it to all men liberally and upbraid it not, and it shall be given to him. So if we ask for wisdom, God will give us wisdom. It's still not the gift of word of wisdom. But this is not the gift of word of wisdom, the wisdom that we pray and ask God for that he will impart to us at specific times. Also, it is the it, also it is important to distinguish between wisdom and knowledge. I've always told you that that we must understand the difference between wisdom and knowledge. Listen to me carefully. Knowledge is information. Wisdom knows what to do with that information. Let me say that again. Knowledge is information. Wisdom knows what to do with that information. Someone has suggested that the spiritual gifts are like power tools. <laughs> it is possible to build a house with hand with, with hand tools. But the task can be accomplished much more quickly and efficiently with power tools. It may be possible for a person to accomplish a great deal of good by studying, by consultation with wise people, and by trial and error. But the gifts of the Spirit enable a person to make perfect decisions even when wisdom gained by human effort may fail. So when God revealed to us, whether by word of knowledge or word of wisdom, when God revealed to us those things and we do them, they're going to work perfectly. Right. Now, again, His word is in the Bible and we can study His word and we can learn things and we can do things. Uh, for me, it, it's as simple as this. The Bible says, go ye into all the world and teach all nations and baptizing them and, and teaching them more discipleship. Tell us, tell us to go and make disciples. The Bible tells us that. And so for me, for all my life in Christ, I would go and knock on people's door and talk to them about Jesus Christ. I would be in the marketplace and I would just tell people about Jesus Christ. And, and, and wherever I can go and tell people about Jesus Christ, I will go. And that's great and that's wonderful. But, over the years, the amount of people that I speak to and tell about Jesus Christ, uh, the percentage of those people who I spoke to who got saved is very low. Very low. Now, God wants everybody to hear His Word. So I understand that the gospel must be preached to every creature. So I understand that. And not everyone that hears the gospel will be saved. But when God tells you to go and speak to someone because they've been waiting to hear His Word, guess what? They're going to be saved. And so when God directs us to go do something, it is so, it, you know it's profitable. And you see instantly, you see the impact and the effects of it when God speaks it. But if we go and do what we know we're supposed to do, we don't always see the impact right away. So the, the gifts of the Spirit are like power tools because it's God speaking to you. It's God giving you revelation about something. Yeah. So when you go and do what God says do, you see the immediate impact. They're power tools. This, this is how the gifts of the Spirit operate. 
The word wisdom appears 234 times in the King James Version of the Bible. Many of these references are useful to demonstrate the value and function of wisdom. For example, consider this verse from Ecclesiastes 10, verse 10. If the axe is dull and one does not sharpen the edge, then he must use more strength. Makes sense, right? But wisdom brings success. Check it out. An alternate translation indicates that wisdom has the advantage of giving success. The point in this verse is clear. If the axe is blunt, dull, the workman may still be able to chop down the tree, but it will be a slower process and it will require more strength and effort. Similarly, it may be possible to accomplish a spiritual task without wisdom, but it will be more effect it will be it will be a more difficult process requiring more effort and having the possibility of creating damage here lies one of the reasons why i am teaching about the gifts of the spirit here is what i i want you to understand why i've been on this topic and teaching about the gifts of the spirit i'm teaching you because i just believe we're so towards the end of the return of jesus christ we are so at the place where, where, where God is ready to, to, to receive His church, His bride. We're so at that place that I believe that God is going to do some miraculous things as we move forward into eternity. And I just believe that God is getting ready to do some miraculous things. And He's not going to do things just business as usual as how we've been going. He's waiting for His people to say, God... Will you show me? Will you will you speak to me? Will you reveal to me? He's looking to us to, to be the ones that ask him for, for spiritual insight, for the gifts of the Spirit to operate through us, because that's when we will have greater impact in our world. When God speaks and we just obey, when God begins to reveal and we just comply, that's when we will see a, a, a more powerful impact of the work of God in this earth. We can't continue just to go by just doing our routine and what we've been used to because we have to admit we haven't seen a whole lot of impact the way we have been doing it. So I believe God is trying to take this opportunity to equip and to just to impart to us what we need in order to be more impactful in our world and how we speak Christ and how we emulate Christ and how we we teach about Christ he wants to use us mightily to impact lives and so we have to get past baptism we have to get past oh receiving the Holy Ghost we have to get past praying you need to pray those are things that we should know and we should be doing he's ready to take us to a new dimension in him and that is to operate in the gifts of the spirit to operate in the realm of the spirit that's where he wants to take 
like us. And so we need to get past the little things. Yes, we will tell people who aren't saved that they need to be baptized in Jesus' name. Yes, we'll tell them they must be filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. Yes, we'll tell them they must pray. We'll tell them they must be holy. We'll tell them they must be righteous. We'll tell them they must live a life that is right and pleasing before God. That's for those that are coming on board. But those of us that have been in Christ for a long time, it's time to move on from those things because we should be already doing those things. It's time to say, God, I'm ready to operate in the gifts of the Spirit. I'm ready to be more efficient and impactful in how I serve you. And so we need to seek God for the things of the gifts of the Spirit. Somebody say amen. Amen. If we will pray and ask the Lord to allow the spiritual gifts to be imparted to us, we will be more effective operating the kingdom of God. We will be more effective reaching our lost world. We will be more effective ministering to each other. I'm afraid we sometimes wear ourselves out serving the Lord in a more difficult way than we should. I believe sometimes some people have walked away from God, has become discouraged, or even just tempted to walk away because we feel like we're spinning our wheels. We feel like we're not accomplishing anything. But I'm here to tell you it's not God's way. Maybe we're just doing it the wrong way. Maybe we need to sit back and begin to call on the name of the Lord and begin to seek His face and say, God, what do you want me to do? How do you want me to do it? Where do you want me to go? Oh, God, show me in your word what it means. We need to seek the face of God for what God wants us to do. And I believe if we will do that first. That's why he says seek ye first the kingdom of God. I believe that we will seek the kingdom first. We will seek the business of God first. We will get in his face and say, God, I will not do anything until you instruct me. Because what I do, because I know it, it's not as impactful. But if you speak the word only, if you give me the instructions, if you reveal to me what needs to be revealed, then we will see great impact. We will see immediate impact. And God, will you help us? Will you speak to us? Will you reveal to us? That's what I think is missing. And I think that's where we need to go in these days, is looking to the Lord, digging in the Word, calling on His name, asking and petitioning God to speak to us and to impart to us the gifts of the Spirit. Somebody say Amen. I don't want to frustrate myself. I don't want you to frustrate yourself. But I believe we frustrate ourselves many times because we're just trying to do the routine. We're trying to do what we've always done, and we are missing the part because we probably did not, we, we haven't been used spiritually in the gifts, and, and so we just don't understand how impactful uh, our lives can be if we will allow God to use us in the gifts. And so let's not frustrate ourselves. Let's go to God for instruction. Let's go to God for what he wants us to do. The gift of the word of knowledge. Uh, well, let me look here. Let, let's go down here. The gift of the word of knowledge will tend to get the job done quickly, smoothly, uh, with minimum and fleshly, with minimum of fleshly effort, and with the smallest possibility of the amount of damage. 
Wisdom and knowledge depend on each other. Wisdom needs knowledge to work. Knowledge must be directed by wisdom. It is easier after all possible to it is easier after all possible to use knowledge unwisely. So we can use knowledge unwisely. So getting knowledge don't mean we have arrived. Come on. Mm. Getting knowledge don't mean we have arrived. Because you can have knowledge. And you know, unfortunately, I see a lot of that. We, we, we get in church, we get some knowledge, and we, and we start flexing our muscle like we, you know, we know stuff. But knowledge don't mean anything if wisdom doesn't accompany it. The tongue of the wise makes knowledge acceptable, but the mouth of fools spout folly. The tongue of the wise makes knowledge acceptable, but the mouth of fools spout folly. That's Proverbs 15 and 2. Since the gift, since this gift is the word of wisdom, it will most often operate by means of the spoken word. So the the, the gift of the word of wisdom will often operate by means of spoken word. In this sense, it has some similarity to the word of knowledge. So you'll see us, we're crossing word of knowledge and word of wisdom together because the two go together. An individual can gain knowledge by study and research. It is possible to gain great knowledge of the scriptures by reading them. But this can be achieved largely by one's own effort and determination as God gives strength and ability. But this is not the supernatural gift of the word of knowledge. Let's take a look at the gift of the word of knowledge. So I'm moving out of the word of wisdom and I'm moving into now the gift of the word of knowledge. The word of knowledge is information which the believer has no personal knowledge of. It is imparted by the Holy Ghost. So the word of knowledge, the gift of the word of knowledge is information which the believer has no personal knowledge of. It is imparted by the Holy Ghost. So um, there's a scripture in the Bible that says that the Holy Ghost will bring all things back to your memory. Mm -hmm. For something to come back to your memory, it means you knew it before. True. And so there are things that we study and, and we've come across and we've heard preach and we've forgotten. But there will be times where the Holy Ghost will bring it back to your memory so you can be reminded, so you can know it. That's not the gift of word of knowledge. Word of knowledge is something that you didn't know. <laughs> it's not something that you studied. It's not something that you came across. It's something that you just had no idea of and God just put it in your thoughts or God just speak it to you and now you have a word of knowledge from God, something that you did not know otherwise, but because God spoke it to you or revealed it to you, now you know it. So that's word of knowledge. It is not a suspicion or guesswork. When God gives you a word, you're not guessing. When God gives you a word, it's not, I think, no, it's not that. It's 100% sure what you are saying, what you're speaking, what you now have, you know for sure this is from God. As it benefits his purpose, 
God communicates small portion of his knowledge to his people for their benefit so they can minister this information to others. So God don't give you a word of knowledge. I always say that. Listen to me, church. If you're not doing anything for God, you won't experience uh, the gifts of the Spirit operating in your life. A lot of people sit back in the cut and want God to use them. And God is saying, until you get in the battle, until you get involved, what do I need to use you for? Because I can't give you a word of knowledge. I can't give you a word of wisdom for you to just sit back in the cup because you're going to do nothing with it. But the people that are on the front line, the people that are just in it to win it, those people I can impart my gifts to. And so sometimes you're looking around and you see some people and you say, wow, you know, well, you know, God is using them. Listen, God is no respect of persons. It's not because those persons are eloquent. It's not because they did more studying than you. It's not because they have pedigree or anything like that. It's because they're in the battle. It's because they're in the war. It's because they're in the, the uh, on the front line and doing the will of God. So God will always impart to us what we need as we're serving Him. Remember, I keep saying to you, the purpose of God will always accompany the power of God. God is not going to send you into battle and you don't have what you need to win the battle. God is not going to send you to be involved and not equip you. So the moment you start getting involved in the work of God, the moment you start getting involved in reaching the lost, you will begin to experience the gifts of the Spirit operating in your life because God has to work them through you to use you to do His will. Somebody say thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you. So when we get in the battle is when we will see that God will use us. All of us want to be used. It sounds good to be used. Some of us want to be used to say, look at what, look at what I'm doing. Don't be used like that. You want to be used because you want to help to advance the kingdom of God. Amen. Acts chapter 9 tells us about a disciple at Damascus named Ananias. To whom the Lord gave specific details concerning a situation of which he had no prior knowledge of. So here we go. Word of knowledge at work. At the same time the Lord was speaking to Saul, who became Paul, on the road to Damascus, he began to deal with Ananias. The Lord called to him in a vision, Ananias, yes Lord, he answered. The Lord told him, go to the house of Judas uh, on Straight Street and asked for a man from Tarsus named Saul for he is praying in a vision he has seen a man named Ananias come and place his hand on him to restore his sight Lord Ananias answered I have heard many reports about this man and all the harm he has done to your holy people in Jerusalem and he has come here with authority from the chief priests to arrest all who call on your name. Hmm. Ananias knew Saul's name and address. And he knew his own name had been revealed to Saul. Ananias also knew about Saul's future ministry. But the Lord said to Ananias, Go, this man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings and to the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer 
for my name. <laughs> Isn't that something? So the Lord gave a word of knowledge to Ananias. Something he had no knowledge of. Nothing. Nothing he studied. No knowledge. The Lord gave him a word to go. And while he was getting a word from the Lord, the Lord was giving Saul, who became Paul, a word that a man was coming to lay hands on him. Both of them received the gift working in their life, word of knowledge. Other examples like this reinforce the idea that it is possible for God to reveal specific and personal information to accomplish his purpose. For example, an angel informed Cornelius that God had heard his prayers. And that he and, and he revealed to Cornelius Peter's name and the name Peter's name and the address and occupation of the man whom Peter was staying with. Remember that the fact that God speaks to a person through the word of knowledge or through any other spiritual gifts does not eliminate that person's responsibility to do all he or she can. He or she can do in faithfulness and obedience to God. God honors the free will He has given us. Even if God says He will do a thing, a person can negate God's will by disobedience and unfaithfulness. I don't know about you, but I believe I can look back at some times where I feel like God was directing me and I just ignored Him and I was disobedient to Him. Thank God he's merciful. Thank God he's gracious. And he didn't hold those things against us. Because boy there's so many times where we just. We're just flat out disobedient. Flat out unfaithful. The things God show us through these gifts. Will probably not come as a surprise. Listen to me. Usually God uses the gifts to confirm. What he has already been saying to us. And to further expand our perspective. So God will start giving you thoughts or God will cause uh, the man of God to speak to you. And so these will be things that God begin to stir up your heart about, but you will still kind of not say anything, still hold on to it, not move. But then God will then reveal to you through the gifts of one of these word of knowledge or word of wisdom to get you cracking because God is trying to get you to do something and God will manifest it to you in a more broader way than you were thinking. It also, it is also important, even if God gives a promise, not to attempt to force doors open. Remember David, King David? Man, he, he was anointed when he was in his teens. And he never became king till he was 40. Uh-huh. So, the deal is not 40, but 30? 30, I believe. And so, the deal is God can make your promises, but it doesn't mean that you need to start acting now and start forcing things to happen because God will tell you something and God will make it happen. You don't have to make it happen. You don't have to force the doors open. God will make it happen. At the right time, God will make it happen. He will open the doors. Uh, and so that's how we need to operate when we get a word from God. Let God operate. Don't force anything. Finally, I'm going to talk to you about the gift of the discerning of spirit. That's the last uh, revelation gift. The gift of discerning of spirit. The gift of discerning of spirit, listen to me, is the ability to discern or recognize what spirit 
or spirits are at work in any given situation. The gift of the discerning of spirits is the ability to discern or recognize what spirit or spirits are at work in any given situation. This is not the gift of discernment. <laughs> oh boy. No such gift is mentioned in scripture. This is the gift of discerning of spirit. So listen to me. This is really good. The word translated discerning involves judging and deciding. So when you're talking about discernment, you're talking about judging and deciding. In the context of 1 Corinthians 12, it implies the ability to know whether the spirit at work is, listen to me, here are the things that you're going to look at. You have to know whether the spirit at work is the Holy Ghost, a human spirit, a faithful angel, or a fallen angel, i.e. evil spirit. Huh. So you got to know when God allows the gift of discerning of spirit to operate in your life, you will know if it's the Holy Spirit that's at work, the human spirit at work, a faithful angel at work, or a fallen angel or evil spirit at work. I've experienced that at times where God will impart to me discerning of spirit to know what is at work. That is important because sometimes we will get things twisted if we're not praying and asking God, God, will you impart to me discerning of spirit so I can know what is going on, so I can know what is at work. If we don't do it, we can get messed up. As surprising as it may be, what first appeared to be an evil spirit at work may be only a human spirit. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Sometimes we think, oh Lord, the devil just working them over. And really, it's just the person, just whatever. Here's the final David Bernard story tonight. In Jackson, Mississippi, a man came to pray at the altar and soon began bucking and kicking as if he was demon-possessed. A number of the men gathered to pray with him, restrain him, and rebuke the devil. Nothing seemed to help. Still bucking and kicking. Finally, the pastor walked over to him and whispered in his ear, Immediately, the man ceased his disruptive behavior and walked out of the church. The pastor did not issue a powerful rebuke in Jesus' name, but the pastor simply told the man this. Listen to what the pastor told him. If you do not stop acting like this, I'm going to call the police. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So the pastor discerned that this is not a demonic spirit. The pastor discerned this was a human spirit looking for attention. That's a big one in the church. Is this person trying to get some attention? Or is it the Holy Spirit 
or is it demonic spirit working in their life? That we need discernment of spirit to really know what's going on. And thank God, oftentimes he will let the pastor know what is working. Because, listen to me church, you have to realize your human spirit can be at work. You can become emotional. That's a human spirit. That doesn't mean that's the Holy Ghost. Being emotional don't mean the Holy Ghost is at work. Because the Holy Ghost can work while you're not being emotional. So there are times you can be in church and you might feel emotional, but it does not really mean or necessarily mean that the Holy Spirit is working in the person's life. It could just be their emotion. They have had a hard day. They've been struggling all month long, all year long, and finally they just didn't have no place else to let it out, and that's where they let it out. They let it out in the altar. They let it out in the pew. They let it out wherever they could in the church because they just couldn't take it anymore, and now they're just out of control letting it out. We have to discern. We have to ask God for discernment to discern. Is this the human spirit? Is this a demonic spirit or is this the Holy Spirit ministry? We have to ask God for discernment. And because God's church will not be a, a, a confusing church, the Bible says God is not the author of confusion because God's church is not a confusing church. He will impart discernment, discernment of spirit to the man of God that's leading or the woman of God that's leading or even to anyone else that's leading for a matter of fact. And that person will know, okay, that person up there, that person across there, uh, this is what's going on with them. It could be a demonic spirit in their life and we got to go over and rebuke it. It could be the Holy Ghost moving on them so much that they become so overwhelmed because the love of God, the presence of God has overwhelmed their soul. But it could just be a carnal, uh, I need to get a good cry out. A good cry out is not necessarily spiritual. They just needed to cry. So we have to realize what can be going on. So this man, this pastor went over and just said, dude, if you don't stop kicking and screaming and acting out, I'm going to call the cops. And he just walked right out because this, uh, the, uh, God imparts him discernment of spirit and the, that discernment told the man that that's a carnal thing. That man is trying to get attention and it's not a demonic spirit. And so God spoke and the pastor spoke and that was the end of that. The New Testament includes accounts of evil spirit causing a variety of problems. These spirits could, however, be cast out. One of these stories involved a spirit of infirmity that had bound a woman for 18 years. Another is of a slave girl who was possessed with a spirit of divination. Even though she followed Paul and his ministry and his ministry team crying out, these men are the servants of the Most High God who proclaim to us the way of salvation. Paul discerned. She was speaking the word of God. She was kind of almost encouraging and, and saying, look, and bringing attention. A good way. These are men of God. And so she wasn't doing something like that was going against them. She was actually promoting them. But Paul still discerned. That's not a good spirit. Mm -hmm. So Paul discerned that this woman was an evil spirit was at work in her life, even though she was saying these are men of God, they show you the way to salvation, even though she was saying that Paul, God allowed, uh, or God imparted discernment of spirit to Paul and Paul was able to know that's an evil spirit at work annoyed, he said to the spirit not to the woman, he said to the spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her 
the spirit immediately parted from the girl. When God allows us to have information supernaturally, it is so we can do something about it. Huh. You can't, if someone is never doing anything for God, but they're always bragging on what God did and what God, how God is using them. I just gave you some clue. Someone that's not engaged in the work of God, someone that, that's not doing the work of God, and they're always telling you how God used them, just say, oh, okay, oh, okay. Don't even say a word, because you should know that God is not going to impart to you this gift and that gift to work through you this way and that way if you're not engaged, if you're not in the battle, if you're not on the front line. He doesn't need to do that. So, you know, when we go around and start saying how God is using us, but we never can see you doing anything, we know something is not matching up. God will use us so he can get his will done. Often, as we act on the basis of the information, we have the Holy Spirit will continue to supply additional information or direction until we accomplish his purpose in that particular situation. I'm finishing right here. There is abundant evidence in scripture of God giving people special wisdom and knowledge and the ability to discern what was going on in the realm of the spirit. Abundance of scriptures with that. But these events did not stop with the completion of the New Testament. They continued till today. Somebody say amen. amen. So the gifts of the Spirit is still operating today. We, we, we can't just say, oh, that was for them. You know, some people that are not experiencing uh, God working in them in a, in, a, in a great way, you know, it's easy for the devil to whisper to you and tell you, well, that's not what's going on now. Back then, they needed that, but now we have the Word. Back then, they didn't have the whole Bible. They just had the Old Testament. So Paul and, and the apostles, they only had the Old Testament in their time. And then the Old Testament prophets, they really didn't have anything but like the scrolls. And so that's why they needed the help. But today, we have the Word. We have the Bible. We don't need that. Well, then God will be a respecter of persons. And God is no respecter of persons. If he did it for this one, he will do it for that one. And so the gifts of the Spirit have been working back then and is still working today. We need to pray earnestly and seek God to say, God, we need for the gifts of the Spirit to operate in us. We need to seek God and say, God, we want to experience the gifts of the Spirit working in us. Not because we want to say, look at us and look what we're doing, but so we can advance the kingdom, so we can be more effective, because it's what God wants. God wants us to be more effective. God wants us to be more impactful in this world. And it takes for us to settle down, seek the face of God, ask for his direction, ask for his impartation, and let him do the work. That's what we need to do more than just going and going and going and just doing this and doing that. And some of it, mind you, it is according to the word of God. But, but you know, just imagine this. Just imagine this. If you go up to someone and they're just in a place of not receiving what you have to say, you waste your time and you waste their time. But if you go up to someone that God says, go now, for they are ready to receive the word of God, and you go, what great impact will take place? 
So it's good to go and do the work of God, but you need to pray first. We need to pray first and see what God will impart to us, speak to us, reveal to us, so we can be impactful and that we can impact the 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 the, the this world with the Word of God, with the gifts of the Spirit operating in our life. Stand with me. Let's pray as we dismiss tonight. Amen. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your patience uh, for hearing the Word of God. Next week, we'll do the last three vocal gifts, and we'll finish up our study on the gifts of the Spirit. And what a study it has been. I hope you took, you're taking notes. I hope you have the information that you can uh, truly use uh, as you pray and you seek God's face and seek God's will for what God wants to do because I just believe that's how we're going to move things along in this end time when we're able to get back in our buildings and we're able to just just worship and praise the Lord in person together when God is going to send people off the street or when God is going to send us to people's home or wherever he sends us to the store because somebody is going to be at the register the same time we're going to be and he's going to tell us to speak to them. That's going to all be the gifts of the Spirit operating. And I believe we're going to experience the operation of the gifts of the Spirit more than we've ever experienced it. So join me with expectation. Join me in prayer to seek God for the operation of the gifts of the Spirit in our lives. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we thank you for, oh God, your word tonight. We thank you for clarity and understanding. Help us, Lord God, that we will not just be hearers of your word, but we will be hearers as well as doers of your word. Help us, Almighty God, to walk in the word of God, to be in total obedience to the word of God, to be able, Lord God, to represent you and to be able, Lord God, to be the conduit that you will work through. Father, we want to receive from you. We want to be in your presence. We want to, oh God, do this thing more effectively. For the way we have done it, yes, Lord, there's been many things you have done greatly and wonderfully through us. But we believe, according to your word, Lord God, there are so many other ways that we can be more impactful, that we can be more efficient in by just listening to you, by sitting with you, by doing what Mary did, by being at your feet, Lord God. I believe, Lord God, if we will take our time, Lord God, to sit with you, to sup with you, to make you our host, Lord God, and we the guests, and, oh God, we cry out to you for instructions and direction, Lord. That's when we will begin to receive impartation, where, Lord, as we go, we go with expectation, we go with power and authority, because you have said it so in us, Lord God. So, God, we're looking to you. God, we're calling on your name, that you may use us, that you may work in us and through us for the glory of the Lord, for the advancing of the kingdom of God. Whenever we pray and call on your name, Lord God, we're only praying and calling on your name, Lord God, for thy kingdom to come and for thy will to be done, for you to be glorified in this earth, Lord God. That's why we call on you. That's why we seek you. We seek you, Lord God, that we may have a real, true, bona fide, intimate relationship 
relationship with you. That we will know you, Lord God. That we will be best of friends with you, Lord God. That we will see you as Father. That we will see you as Lord of our life, Lord God. And that, Lord Jesus, we truly can experience the joy of the Lord with great anticipation of your return. Lord, bless and keep us. Will you let your face shine upon us and be gracious unto us? I pray that you will strengthen this church, Lord God, and all that have, oh God, come tonight to hear the word of God. Will you strengthen them? Which you, will you, Lord God, raise them up, Lord God, in the spiritual dimension where they've never been? Will you use them? Will you impart to them your gifts? Not that we earned it, not that we deserve it, but because you are good, Lord God, and you will impart to us what you will. Will you impart it for us? The kingdom, Lord, that we seek first. It is the kingdom, Lord, that we want to see expanded. And so, Lord, we ask tonight that you would hear our cry, that you would hear our petition, and that you will let it be so, for we pray these things in the mighty name, the powerful name, the matchless name of Jesus Christ. Can everyone say amen? Amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you for your time. Thank you for continuing to be a part of Christ Center Church. We're so grateful that God brought us together and made us a church family. And trust me, being a church family is so special because not only are we together here in the earth, we're going to be together in all eternity in heaven. So let's continue to love each other and love the Lord and love the things of the Lord and be submissive and obedient to what God is doing so we can help to do his will as he do what he wants in this last and final hour in the earth. I love you. Take care of yourself. Stay safe. Join us for corporate prayer Saturday at 6.30 p.m. And we will pray together and seek the Lord. And then Sunday morning at 10.30, we will again come together for our morning worship service. Amen. Love you. God bless you. Have a good night. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus.